we can just keep going. All right, welcome to the first episode of our podcast, our yet-to-be-named podcast. Coming at you live from the studio of our closet. Um, my name is Ashley Carver. And I'm Taylor Carver. And we are a husband and wife who like to talk about birth. Yep. That's just the gist of our podcast. So we figured with our first episode, what better to talk about than our own birth experiences. So we have two kids. Mazzy is our daughter. She is three. And Chosen, who is with us in this closet that we're recording <laughs> in, is almost eight months and has a runny nose. So if you hear little snorty, grunty, piggy noises, um, that's probably him having milky. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about their births and the differences between the two and the lessons that we learned. And um, yeah, we're really excited to start this podcast journey with each other and with anyone who might be interested in listening. Yeah. And if you, uh, I know a lot of women are, is going to be the people who listen to uh, podcasts about birth, but um, also, I'd encourage you if you're a woman to get your husband <clears throat> um, or partner, um, whoever that might be, to uh, listen to the podcast uh, as well. Yeah, we uh, we want to have both perspectives. I think pregnancy is a very female. Pregnancy and birth are very female things, obviously. Not saying anything against uh, anyone who identifies as a female but doesn't uh, want to experience that. That's not what we're talking about. Um, and we're accepting of everyone. But um, I think, in general, you can't really conceptualize uh, pregnancy or birth as well as someone who has experienced it, and that would be a woman. So, but we always like to talk about the male perspective as well, or the, the partner's perspective as well in these kind of experiences, at least we do yeah. in our relationship. So and I think... not just the partner's perspective, but the uh, ability for the partner to support the woman in her journey yeah yeah I think that's important yeah. and I think our culture is slowly warming up to that idea but I think traditionally the last I don't know how many years as long as men have been involved in uh, pregnancy and birth you know Western medicine etc um, they've kind of like given themselves a pass almost you know to like oh that's women's business like what? You scoot over a little bit. Uh, that's women's business, and men, you know, don't have a part. I mean, men used to wait in the waiting room, you know, the partners of, of the people giving birth. But now I feel like there's kind of this warming up to men being really integral part of the process. Yeah. and they can be. And, yeah, if, if the woman wants that. Right. And, and I think... Uh, we have to just learn the best way to do that. Like in our society, I think historically men, like the partners haven't really been involved in birth even before Western medicine. It was always like midwives and sisters and aunties and, and things like that. And, uh, men weren't really involved. So now that they are getting involved in every part of, you know, our lives, as it's women. making the world a better place. Yeah, it's it's more of a balance of masculine and feminine, I think. And I think we just have to learn how that works mm -hmm. and like what it looks like because we've never really experienced that as as people before. Anyway, that's a big digression. But, <laughs> uh, so Mazzy's birth. So yeah, Mazzy's birth, our daughter's birth. Um, so <clears throat> I guess, <clears throat> excuse me. Her 
pregnancy experience for me was really, uh, I liked being pregnant with her. I thought it was very exciting. We had waited for a couple of years after we decided that we wanted to have kids. After you decided. Mm, Yeah. Well, you were on board. I was on board, just not yet. Yeah, I was like, hey, let's have a baby. And he was like, uh, no, not not right now. So just to give a little background, I basically said, okay, you want to have a baby? Like, you got to research and, you know, dive into it. And, um, and she did. And she just read, like, 50 books over the course of a couple of years. Um, and that's when I knew she was ready. <laughs> because of the number of books that I read. Very male perspective, I would say. Um, so, so, yeah, uh... We took a couple years to get ready in terms of like feeling more comfortable financially, spiritually, emotionally, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when once we got pregnant finally, after all of that, I was very into it. I mean, the first trimester was rough. I'd never had any um, like actual throwing up, but I did have a ton of nausea and yeah. I just felt like, you know really I just felt like crap pretty much the whole first trimester and stayed in bed a lot and Mm. yeah it was very sensitive to sensitive to smells and foods and all that but cooking in the kitchen and she would be like yelling from the bedroom like oh what are you cooking in there and I'm like it's just dinner it's just eggs like you know (laughs) and uh yeah so that was interesting part yeah but the, yeah, the rest of the pregnancy, the second and third trimesters were really great. I felt like I was really mm-hmm. excited. I felt like I was doing things really well. I felt like I was healthy. Um, and I felt, yeah, it was just fun. We were just like learning the whole time about each other and the baby and and preparing for birth was really exciting for me. I was always... I had developed this interest in like birth, the birth world during the two years that we were getting ready to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So just experiencing it myself instead of like reading about it Mm -hmm. was exciting. And uh, yeah. And do you have anything else about the pregnancy that you can think about from your perspective? Uh, Just um, no, I mean, I guess. Uh, it was from my perspective with Mazzy's pregnancy I feel like it was a lot different than Chosen's because with Mazzy it was just me and you Mm -hmm. living in a one-bedroom apartment Mm -hmm. um, and spending every single day like every moment of every single day together right and I feel like I was a lot more uh, I mean remember we talked about how I had uh, what do you call it sympathy sympathy pregnancy mm-hmm. um and i just feel like i was a lot more connected to that pregnancy um and even in i i gained <laughs> uh a bunch of weight uh as well i was eating all of the things that she was eating um so yeah it was a fun pregnancy i feel like because when you have another kid that gets adds some difficulty and challenges and mm-hmm. but when it's the first it's one first yeah. one it's i think simpler mm-hmm. um and you get to just like hang out and be and with just, each other and be in it yeah just be in it yeah you know together like that is your entire experience right whereas when you have yeah. a toddler walking around or another kid then it's right. like you have all these other you're distracted yeah you got to do other you gotta things take her to school you gotta yeah yeah so that was it was fun for me to be just like in in it with her like I would take days off and I would we would just hang out a lot so that was it was fun for me yeah and so yeah for our birth I feel like we had two super I mean we our births were similar in that Mazzy and Chosen were both born at home in, in a tub with you know, a midwife. 
So in that way, they they look similar on paper. I feel like on paper, but, but not in reality. They were so different in uh, in yeah in reality, and we were in two different stages in our life. Yeah, so what was Mazzy's birth like for you? Yeah. So her birth was like sixteen hours ish. Yes. I went. It was Thanksgiving. I ate a big Thanksgiving dinner, and then. Uh, and that was in the afternoon, and then I went, you know, started feeling, uh, you know, beginning contractions in the afternoon, and then she was born, like, around just after six the next morning. So, yeah, it was, I felt like it was intense, but I never felt, like, afraid or in pain, really. I just felt like I was off on another planet, really. For most of the time yeah like in the beginning i was here you know i was like excited and giddy and like yeah. we were walking around outside yeah. and every time i would feel a contraction i'd be like oh like so excited that it was happening you know mm -hmm. um but then once i was like in it i was like somewhere else you I wasn't, were for sure yeah. yeah your eyes were like basically rolled in the back of your head <laughs> at times and you were just yeah you were very yeah. Off in another world. Yeah. Yeah, so most of the time it was just Taylor and I with each other. Mm -hmm. um, our midwife came after midnight, maybe? Mm, a little midnight? earlier. No, no, it was like 11, 10, 45, something. Yeah. But they were in the other room. Yeah, she came in and, and said hi. And I think she listened with the Doppler at that point. Or did she not? On you? Yeah. In the bathtub? I, maybe. Yeah, she came. I remember she came in the bathtub. I don't remember what she did. Actually, I don't know if she listened with the Doppler at that point. But, um, but yeah, she came in. She said hi, gave me a hug, and then she went back out in the living room with her assistant and my mom. Because that's what you wanted. And that's what I wanted, yeah. And she, they tried to get some sleep. Um... So that's another thing, I don't know, not to cut you off, but you can kind of create, I don't know if people realize that no matter what situation you're in, you can kind of create whatever experience you want. If you have a midwife at home and you can tell them to get out, you can tell them to come in, it's, you know, yeah. you're, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. So yeah, and then, uh... Once I was, like, at the point where I was, like, I can't do this anymore, I was in my room in the birthing tub, and I asked her to come in and check me, because things were getting pretty intense. I didn't ever feel, like, I didn't ever feel, like, um, pushing sensations. I felt a lot of, like, different, like, I knew my contractions were, like, changing, um, but I never felt, like, you know, bearing down or anything like that. And then, so yeah, I, I asked her to come in and check me, and she was like, oh, you can feel your baby. I could, I didn't know whether she was a girl or a boy at that time, but I put my fingers just a little bit inside, and I could feel her like an inch inside of me, her head. And then uh, I think at that point, everyone kind of got like super animated, and like they were coming in and out of, in and out of the room to warm up the birth tub, water, and yeah. uh, big contrast from just us being alone yeah and then yeah they were like setting up and getting ready for the baby to come out and uh the midwife said you could probably push if you want to and at that point in my life i didn't i wasn't really as connected with my own inner voice and my own body as i as i was after that point you didn't have <coughs> as much knowledge as you have now, right too. Yeah, so I started pushing, even though I didn't feel like it, and it was like literally the worst feeling in the world, yeah. because I was tearing a lot as I was pushing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she came out after like 45 minutes of pushing, and uh, and yeah, that was a magical moment. She <laughs> she didn't cry when she came out. She just kind of like started looking around and breathing and being the like wise old baby soul that she is <laughs> yeah and uh and yeah then uh yeah i just 
took a shower, laid what, in bed. What happened when I pulled her out? They were like, oh yeah, she I came kinda... out. You didn't pull her out. She came right. out, and she was just in the water. Yeah, and I was just kind of holding her we, in the water. No, we had planned for you to lift her up and put her on my chest. Right. But she, you were just kind of like in shock. Right. So she was. You weren't holding her underwater. You were just like your hands were just kind of like near her, <laughs> and you were just kind of like, oh my god, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And yeah. I just kept saying, pick her up, pick her up. I remember the feeling. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember. It's fine. I remember just uh, being uh, overcome with just like joy but like covered in a ton of shock that you know my baby girl had just come out and I just got uh like paralyzed basically and I remember Lindsay said something like uh lift her up like get like do something yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh uh, <laughs> yeah oh man yeah so that was funny. Now, in hindsight, it's funny, I guess. Um, let me get my child. Um, so, yeah, and then uh, our postpartum experience after that was... Well, what about my birth experience with... Yeah, go ahead. talk about that? Sure. Yeah, what I'll just briefly... What was your experience of the birth? The birth, um, yeah, Ma Mazzy's was a lot different. You were, again, like you said, you were off in your own world. Um, and I think the thing that I learned from that experience was, um, like, I would try to, uh, I don't know, kind of like impose my own thoughts and feelings onto to you and try to like go into your world rather than and this is just only like at certain times um but rather than kind of like letting you like holding the space holding the space yeah mm -hmm. I, i've gotten learned so much from that experience yeah. about holding the space and knowing like okay not trying to be a fixer or like a doer yeah because i have very like you know i'm I try to impose my energy on a lot of situations, um, so that is not a good time to do that, um, and yeah, no, there was just a funny, there was one funny thing that happened, um, the popsicle, uh, mm -hmm. thing that happened, what was that, Matt? Your favorite story about my <laughs> experience? Yeah, I mean, it's hilarious. She, uh, I like asked her if she wanted a popsicle and, uh, cause this is, you know, going on like 16 hours. She hasn't had anything to eat at this point. And it's probably like, I don't know, 4am or 3am or something I think I like that. I had just thrown up. Yeah. Yeah. She had just thrown up. So All I was like, my Thanksgiving dinner and she's like working hard. And so I'm like, you know, well, do you want to like have a popsicle? So anyway, she said yes, but I brought in the popsicle. The last popsicle. The last, yeah, the last popsicle. Um, and uh, and I brought it in, and she was like uh, going through contractions. Anyways, long story short, she just never. I think I had like one bite of it. You had one bite. Yeah. One lick. Something. And that was like, ugh. Yeah. I cannot eat this yummy popsicle right now. So, me being a, you know, I don't know, like, what would you. Uh, I'm a saver. Yeah. I'm a saver. I'm, uh, I need to work on my abundance mindset, especially when it comes to like food and stuff at the house. And you know, it was the last popsicle. And so she's just letting it melt. And to me, that was like the end of the world, mm -hmm. um, at the time. So I'm just like slowly watching this popsicle melt. And I was like, do you, do you, are you going to eat this popsicle? Like, do you, do you want this popsicle? I'm like in the heavy part of <laughs> yeah, labor. She's like laboring. Know? It was very stupid of me. Um, but anyways, it was uh, hilarious. Yeah. And she was like, she finally said, if you say one more goddamn thing about that fucking popsicle, I'm going to, you know, something, something. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It, so then I just, 
it tortured my mind on the inside and I didn't say anything, but it was still like really hard for me to just see a pool of melted popsicle uh, around that little popsicle stick. Yeah. So anyways, that's my birth experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it was generally a pretty straightforward and awesome experience. The only part was that, um, the pushing part was so not normal feeling for me and I yeah. tore a lot. Yeah. And I think just that ending part, those last like 45 minutes to an hour of my experience kind of set the stage for my postpartum not yeah. being as uh, easy as it could have been, I feel mm -hmm. like. I mean, it couldn't have been any other way than it was. I'm not saying, you know, I it could be different because I learned a lot and I think it needed to happen that way so that I could have the life that I have now, but, and the knowledge that I have now, but that probably helped you become, a, you know, a midwife on, on, yeah. Isn't that kind of part of the motivation? Yeah. At, at the time when I was wanting to become a doula, like six months after Mazzy was born, I thought, you know, I want to help women I want to hold the space for women during their birth experience so that they don't feel like out of control like I felt at the very end of mine so I thought the best way to do that in the meantime was being a doula and maybe if I eventually wanted to be a midwife I could work work as a doula to support myself as I went through school as a midwife or something like that but anyway yeah my postpartum I had a lot of like anxiety and depression and uh really a lot of like rage i felt yeah. a lot of anger and mm -hmm. which is not her norm yeah i feel like She's i'm like generally opposite of... a level headed even keeled emotionally person but motherhood really changed all of that and i think it's good too in a way because like i wasn't connected to that part of myself before i had my daughter like i didn't know i wasn't like you know, I was disconnected from the, the, my ability to feel rage and feel normal feeling rage. You know, I feel like as women, we like are told to not experience those things and like not show rage and not be too crazy or emotional because then we're kind of labeled as like, quote unquote, hysterical or like, you know, a bitch or whatever, you know? <laughs> and I mean that in the, in the way I'm, I don't use that word normally, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So, so yeah, being able to feel those feelings, and it, it felt so uncomfortable at first, but eventually I, like, you know, took those into who I am as a person, and they're a part of me now. And, like, yeah, I think I needed that experience. But anyway, I also, at the time, wasn't really, like, taking as much responsibility for myself hmm. as I do now. Like, I didn't, I didn't, like, I wasn't comfortable saying what I wanted and what I needed in the moment. Mm -hmm. I was giving too much of my responsibility to my midwife. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, like, owning my experience to the point that I did when I had chosen. And I think I needed to experience all of that in order to get to this point, like I said. But, but yeah. Um, so your postpartum. postpartum was challenging for probably, like, a year and a half. More, yeah. A couple years. Yeah, it was... Basically, uh, around the time that I started feeling better is when we conceived my second kid. Yeah. Our second kid. We started so. feeling good for like, I don't know, six months or something like that. And in that window is when we, we conceived Chosen. Yeah. We're like, wow, life is awesome again. Yeah. Finally. We feel connected to each other yeah. and to ourselves. And then, yeah. yeah, that was when Chosen needed to come in. Yeah, that was... <clears throat> Are you, is that all you have to say about that? Or? Yeah, but do you have any thoughts or insights or lessons or anything on like, postpartum from that experience? Because I feel like you also went through a lot of emotional For sure. upheaval during that postpartum For sure. of your own. Right. You know? And I, I don't know if it was like my, my experience with the postpartum was just me on my own having my own experience. Or if it was just like a reaction to my wife going through this like really difficult 
I mean, it has to be time. connected. Right. You know, right. We feed off of each other. And I know it's at least partially that. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like, what's the balance? Did I have my own postpartum experience or was it? Well, I mean, I did, but yeah. if I think it was just really hard for me to see you like that. Yeah. And for such an experience, such an extended period of time. Yeah. And I was thinking like, I had thoughts of like, oh, this is just, this is just going to be how life is. Yeah. You know, especially when it goes on for like a year and a half, it's like, you know, a year and a half in hindsight doesn't sound like a long time, but like when you're in it, yeah. I mean, it feels like forever. Yeah. 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 And we also, uh, we moved a lot. We moved three times, right? We moved from San Marcos to Orange County to Costa Mesa to Puerto, to Puerto Rico, Rico and, back. and then back. Yeah. So that's four times. So we moved four times in the first like nine months. No, 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 not nine months. Like year and a half. Ten months. Whatever. Oh no. yeah, it was almost a year. Yeah, something like that. It was that. almost a year because we had Mazzy's birthday in Costa Mesa when we came back. Yeah. Okay, so in the first year of Mazzy's life, we moved uh, four times. And also a big part of our uh, postpartum experience um, was we lived in Puerto Rico um, when Mazzy was like seven to ten months old. Um, we had lived there before, but we moved back. And that's when the... Uh, hurricanes came. We had two hurricanes come, uh, Irene and Maria. Yeah. And the second one, Maria, just like decimated the island and we didn't have any food or water. Uh, no the house, electricity. No electricity. We couldn't use our debit card. The house flooded. Yeah, um, with sewage. With sewage. We, yeah. could, we didn't have gas. We couldn't do anything. We were just, you know, it was really a really hard experience because um, we were like that for several weeks before we got flown out. But, yeah. uh, you know, and we're there with like uh, an eight month old baby. We're still going through postpartum. Yeah. And we're going through this like super hard <coughs> experience. Yeah. Just also just to clarify, like moving, they say there's like a list of some of the most uh, stressful things that you can go through in life. Right. Yeah. Having a baby. Yeah. Moving. And then so having a baby and moving in yeah. the same it's like and then on the on the list are other things that we weren't experiencing but like buying a house yeah uh, getting a divorce you know yeah. like all of these things that are like extremely stressful we experience like a couple handful of them yeah natural disaster yeah natural disaster <laughs> yeah so yeah, that was really tough yeah but uh, but yeah what do you what are your general feelings about that postpartum experience now that um, like lessons or like I guess yeah or like anything that you think other parents should know moms and mm, dads yeah I guess now that I know what it is you know because I feel like going into it it's like yeah you like hear the word postpartum but <laughs> you don't know like exactly what it is until you experience it. And even when you're in the middle of it, like I said, I didn't, I was like, oh, this is just the way she's going to be and the way that we are going to be um, for just forever. I wasn't like, oh, this is postpartum. Um, it's, I know what it is and yeah. I know it's going to end. And when you're in it for the first time, I had no idea. So I would mm -hmm. just say, if you're having a baby, just expect there to be at least some postpartum and you're... you mean postpartum emotional right stuff yes yes correct so as a partner knowing that going in you're not you're you you just have a better idea like these the things that my partner my wife my girlfriend whatever is experiencing is as a result of having my baby and just kind of like, I think when you're just aware of it, it helps you, um, uh, I don't want to say combat, but just, you know, cope, cope with it better. And also, uh, just being more like, 
I don't know. Um, conscious of what your partner is going through and listening and just being like aware that she's probably going through like even a lot more stuff than what she or you even realizes um, and just being like as supportive as you possibly can like as you know because she's you know most women breastfeed and they've got a baby attached to them for you know a long uh, throughout most of the day and that on its own and the even night. if you and the night yeah yeah mm -hmm. all day all day all freaking day um and that alone, even if you're feeling like super awesome mentally, is just like really challenging. But then uh, tag on top of that, like you've never, she, as far as a first time uh, mom, she's never experienced that before. And she's going through basically like one of the most challenging things you can ever go through. Um, and it's just like so demanding. There's like no breaks. Uh, it's basically like, imagine, you know, you're working at a factory, you're literally, you're, you, if there were labor laws for uh, birth, they would never let women uh, work, you know, uh, parent, parent, do what they do. So yeah. uh, it wouldn't be legal. <laughs> so yeah. just kind of like knowing that it's like such a huge challenge um, and just like being in it with with her, um, I think is super important. And just like listening, I can't tell you exactly what to do and when to do it, but just listen, be supportive, and just be aware that she's going through, yeah, one of also, the most challenging yeah, things ever. And that you just have to go through it, I feel like. There are obviously ways that you can help, or a woman can help herself, you know, like there's medications, there's therapy, there's all kinds of protocols, but like, also, I feel like sometimes you just have to go through the experience and come out on the other side. Like, you have to just walk through the fire. And being, as a partner, just being okay with that and, like, supporting that and just listening, even if you feel like you're hearing the same thing, like, yeah. for months on end, like, it might just be part of the process. Right. And I'm not saying, like, you can't have a different postpartum experience if you have like postpartum depression or anxiety and you're taking medication and that's the way that you get through you that's the way you walk through the fire like that's totally okay too i'm not here to judge anyone for different decisions i'm just saying like that's kind of like what our experience was so yeah on that note let's talk about <laughs> chosen's birth Chosen boy <clears throat> so who's falling asleep right now hopefully he'll fall asleep but yeah, so Chosen's pregnancy was uh, more challenging for me. I had, like, more body aches and pains. There was a period of maybe, like, a month or so when I had, like, extreme SI joint pain that I didn't ever experience with Mazzy. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a new experience. And, yeah, just, you know, having the energy to keep up with a kid keep up with Mazzy while I was also pregnant. That was a little bit more challenging. Um, plus I was pregnant for a, what felt like forever. Like we knew when yeah. we, the day that we conceived, we did with Mazzy too, but that always just makes pregnancy feel like it lasts forever when you know exactly when you conceived. And like yeah. from that first day, you're like, you're not like finding out three months later, like, right. Oh, we're pregnant. Yeah. We just knew that anyways. So yeah, pregnancy felt like forever, but with Chosen also, he was like 41 and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, it was a little more challenging. I got a lot, I, I got a lot bigger. I don't exactly know how much bigger, but he was a bigger baby. So I felt that like I was, I, I felt like I was like carrying more weight around mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah, um, I had a lot more like spiritual experiences while I was pregnant with him. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like his magic spirituality, whatever that he has in him was kind of like rubbing off on me while he was inside, which was nice because <clears throat> I was like, you know, I felt like a lot more connected to spirituality and like, 
angels and visions and energy and all of that. It was like very apparent and the veil was very thin for me when I was pregnant with him. So that was really cool. Yeah. Just to take, give a little more insight into that. I mean, you were seeing, uh, like past lives and, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, my past life, your past life, chose, you think you saw chosen in a past life, Yeah. like vivid visions mm-hmm. of these things. Yeah. Multiple experiences like that Mm -hmm. and I was there for those experiences and that was it was you know real and powerful I know it's just hard to convey that to people who Mm -hmm. you know if you've never experienced it it's kind of like what the hell are these people talking about but yeah it was crazy (laughs) so yeah I'm glad that you were there to witness yeah (laughs) and actually probably help help me experience those things as well I did Um, but yeah, the birth of Chosen was, I was expecting it to be, you know, like eight hours long. Usually they say like the second baby is about half as long as the first in terms of labor. Um, and we had moved during his pregnancy from California to Arizona. So we were... Here in Arizona, my sisters were visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, sisters of, and all their kids. Two of my sisters with their children and partners were visiting. And then the morning that one of them left with her three kids um, to go back home was the morning that I started showing signs of being in labor. Like I lost yeah. some Your mucus. cervical flu- fluid. Yeah, some music, cervical mucus. And then, um, and yeah. And then we were like, oh, okay, we got some time. My other sister was still here, and I was like, I just want to be outside somewhere. So we went to this, like, outdoor, this cool outdoor cafe, and that's, like, a 30-minute drive from here. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, let's just go there for lunch, and then by the time things get started, we can come home, and that was not a good idea, probably, (laughs) We basically ordered our food, and... We drove there, and ordered like, food, and then I was like, uh, yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> I cannot be out here in public when I'm having these yeah. experiences. And I just... This was like two hours after she started, uh, or maybe like an hour and a half after she started uh Yeah, I started feeling stuff on the drive there, which was just less than an hour after I had started losing my mucus yeah i hate that word mucus but yes (laughs) but yeah so we boxed our stuff up taylor said going home to have a baby (laughs) on the way out (laughs) and uh she was like what the drive home there's we live in sedona so there are these like roundabouts uh everywhere and uh it's basically like, I don't know if you know what a roundabout is, but it's when you're driving on a road and instead of a stoplight, they have a roundabout. So you have to kind of like go around a curve. Drive in a circle, basically. Yeah, there's a circle. So you go around a curve to go back straight to where you were going or to maybe turn left or turn right. So there are all these roundabouts on the way home and they were miserable for me while I was having these, you know, labor sensations I wasn't like in pain or anything. I just felt like they were intense and like I did not want to be like wobbling back and forth in the car. Yeah. But yeah, then we got home. Taylor's like preparing for a marathon. He's like stretching, brushing his teeth, taking a shower. She hates when I, anytime we're like trying to go somewhere, I like to stretch because I I get, I have inflammation (laughs) and uh, it just helps me like loosen up. So I'm like, She's like going through labor at the foot of our bed. And I'm thinking we have like hours and hours. Hours and hours. Because with Mazzy's birth, it was like 16 hours all through the night. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to stretch out so that I can be like the best, you know, birth partner. Once I get stretched out and, you know, brush my teeth, I'm going to be ready to go. Yeah. And she's like, I was getting so annoyed at everything. (laughs) She's like, like, what the are you doing in the bathroom? Yeah. She's like, are you stretching? I think you had hid. You hid somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I didn't didn't want want you because I knew that you were, you know, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go pee or whatever because I knew it would piss you off if I was stretching. (laughs) But you knew that I was... I didn't even know at that point what was going on. You know, I just thought like, oh, this 
this it didn't even feel painful it was just yeah. like more intense yeah. and i was so present whereas with mazzy i mm-hmm. was like off on another planet yeah so i was still so present and i wasn't expecting him to come so quickly because yeah. i was still very much here yeah i was expecting to like have to go off somewhere to me, fetch him me too you know but that's and that's why i stretched yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah uh so he, I, I, he blew up the the pool which was also very annoying to me at the time yes filled it with water uh i, I think i got in and then got back out right yeah. i got in for a little bit then got out and my water broke yeah everywhere it was so much water yeah, and, uh, this is like two hours after your uh, labor started, you know? Yeah, so... We were like, oh shit, we gotta call the midwife. Yeah, so my water broke, and we called Marin, my midwife, and she was at the grocery store. She left all of her groceries in her cart <laughs> and raced over here. She was here within like half an hour, maybe? approximately yeah 20 minutes five minutes 20 so. 25 half an hour something like that and uh at that point okay so my water had broken we called Marin, and then like a couple minutes later His i had head. that i had that like i think it was like fetal ejection reflex that's what i'm thinking it was in hindsight yeah but at the time it, i don't even know it just was like i thought of course the animal part in my mind was like so full of fear mm-hmm. i was saying like help me help me help me yeah. because that sometimes happens during transition and i didn't realize that his head was yeah. like i could feel his head just like drop onto my pelvic floor and then taylor said his head was like pretty much all the way out yes that's what i say i saw it but you were, <laughs> uh... but i did i did like a kegel motion like I just did the sucked elevator, him sucked him back inside for a little bit because I was <laughs> not ready, not ready for him to come, and I was in a place of fear, and I also was like terrified of tearing as much as I had with mm-hmm. Mazzy. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like got my shit together and like came back down to earth and was like, okay, I can do this. I can mm-hmm. breathe. I can. I can do this and that's what you were saying over yeah. and over again I can breathe I can breathe I can breathe yeah but and, she uh, did not like it when I said that she could breathe <laughs> that pissed her off <laughs> uh, so yeah I was just in the tub we were there in the tub together at that point when I had like the whole pelvic uh him dropping onto my pelvic floor and me screaming blood-curdling murder Taylor was in the bathroom he ran over got into the um tub with me and then we kind of like worked through it together with me kind of like changing positions to face towards him facing away from him facing towards him and away and then eventually Marin got here she poked her head inside and was like hey I'm here and then closed the door again and waited in the living room which is perfect because that's what I wanted her to do Mm. and then uh I think at that moment I kind of realized like okay I can you know release him he was kind of like really wanting to get out he was we I could feel him like pushing with his feet against I could see it yeah. the top of my uterus yeah he was kind of like really trying hard to get out but I was yeah. really s- trying to slowly release him so that I wouldn't tear I was yeah. like being very controlled with the release yeah. and I was so conscious yeah. I was so here and present mm-hmm. which is and so like I felt so in control and maybe slowly releasing him was like my way of getting back con- the control that I felt I lost when I was having Mazzy yeah but yeah eventually that was awesome yeah you were just like <laughs> totally aware of everything yeah oh you would like go through um you know really and you would be like oh oh this is transition or something you would like say call out what you were going through my student midwife doula brain was on i think that my mom brain really helped you yeah with this experience because you were just going on yeah so much more knowledgeable you knew exactly what you were feeling. Like, you're still feeling it. Mm-hmm. And it's, but you but were I like. I could put a word to it. But you could put a word. Which felt more in control. Yeah. You know that this is like normal and this is just a stage of yeah. birth. Not like, 
oh my god i'm dying right just like oh my god this is transition and it's yeah. really intense and yeah. every woman goes through it yeah so, so that yeah was cool to watch and then yeah i i kind of just like let him come out i felt the ring of fire um, the ring of fire and then his head was out and it was like the most relief I felt it was like the best feeling in the world. I could feel his little ears. I could feel his hair. I could feel his whole head, his giant head. He was 10 pounds when he was born, 10 pounds, two ounces. So his head came out and then I was like, okay, this, that was the hard part. Now I can just kind of relax and let the rest of him come out. So yeah, that's what we did. He came out, uh, we called Marin in to come in and she came in with her camera started taking pictures which was awesome we wanted that yeah we wanted her to take pictures and and then yeah it was good that she was here because she uh chosen i mean i i could have done it by myself i think but i, you I did i but felt just... glad that she was here because she kind of me too directed the show he he like wasn't breathing he was blue and floppy he he came out and he seemed okay, but then he just kind of crashed. Yeah. I think he was in shock from like finally being out after wanting to be out for so long, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, he was just this giant, li- floppy, lifeless yeah. almost, mm. floppy baby. And uh, he was pale and white and. Yeah, bluish white. Bluish yeah. white, yeah, it was, that was hard. So, to anyway, see. yeah, uh, I, I was, I held him up and I was like, is he okay? And Marin said, you can give him some breaths if you want, I think. Right? Yeah, something like that. And so, yeah, I sucked some fluid out with my mouth. I gave him, this is all still in the tub. And I gave him some breaths. Uh, Marin listened to his heart, which was like in the 70s, which is very slow for a newborn baby. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, she was like, yeah, keep giving him breaths. Yeah, so, she started to get more serious about it yeah so i just kept giving him breaths and trying to do postural drainage tipping him over on his side to get like fluid out and stuff and then yeah eventually it was like seven minutes after he was born ish that he started breathing so which was was a huge relief yeah it was like a long seven minutes i didn't it felt faster to me and i never was really like worried that he wasn't gonna breathe just because he was so active during the last part of his birth and like pushing and you know kicking with his feet and stuff so plus we had just uh i had just attended a birth with Marin. guess i'm Marin is my midwife but i'm also her student apprentice so i just attended a birth with her a couple weeks earlier of a big giant baby who came out and looked floppy and blue so and he can't he came around and ended up being fine so i was like had that in my mind that was inspiring to me and also it's just i guess somewhat of a normal thing to happen uh right yeah just, in hindsight know. i know that yeah for like big just babies trying to tell other people yeah that, you know for big babies or for fast labors sometimes that happens um but yeah so then he cried and didn't stop crying for like the first 12 hours of his life he needed to be attached to my boob or he was crying anytime i got up to go to the bathroom which was a lot he cried and screamed um but i think he had like low blood sugar which is also mm-hmm. pretty normal for big babies to have low blood sugar and i'm so glad that we had him at home because if we were in the hospital they would have just taken him away from me and like quote quote unquote resuscitated him and like they would have quote unquote saved him you know saved his life whereas at home even with some home birth midwives i feel like they would always just take the baby and do the work but Marin was very good about like empowering me to do the work Mm -hmm. which i felt very good about afterwards i felt so much more powerful like not only did i give birth vaginally without any tearing to a 10 pound two ounce baby boy but Mm -hmm. like i also resuscitated him afterwards yeah by myself you know so so yeah i'm glad that we had that experience it was basically like the redemptive birth that i needed after my learning birth that i had with mazzy um birth to the sequel yeah redemption yeah 
It was awesome. And then I think that kind of set the stage for postpartum, my postpartum experience as well. It was much better. It is much better. Yeah. But yeah, do you want to say anything else about your experience with Chosen's pregnancy or birth or postpartum? Like maybe how it was the same or different um, from Mazzy's? I guess, I don't know. I, I guess uh, uh, just really quickly with your with your uh, your pregnancy with chosen, um, I feel like we weren't as like uh, in it together, but that was also like not that we weren't connected, just that I was like, okay, last time I was in that pregnancy with you, but I feel like we had more of a luxury to do that because it was only us. We didn't have another kid, um, but this time I like made a conscious effort. I was like, first of all, I'm not going to get fat again because um, <laughs> I gained like 55 pounds um, with Mazzy's birth. And also I need to be kind of like... Uh, you were more focused on work and like... I work think... and Mazzy. And, yeah, yeah. That's and true. being with Mazzy because yeah. you needed a lot more uh, support in just like, first of all, just with Mazzy. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, was a little more separate. Yeah. Uh, but in a good way, not like disconnected, but yeah. kind of just being like strong on my own so that I could be strong for her. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's really it. Uh, birth experience. I mean, <laughs> you pretty much said everything. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, we, it was just two different births, two different points in our life. And they were exactly yeah. what we needed when they happened. Yeah. You know? And... They're such we big did, teachers. Yeah. We did a lot of work between Mazzy and Chosen being born. But I think you could also have a really awesome experience without doing, like... I mean, I, I think there's always this, like emphasis like well if you do this if you do x y and z then you can have this experience i don't necessarily think that is true for everyone i think some people just you know flow a little bit more you give yourself a better chance though the more prepared you are though i mean there's yeah, a huge I just, difference i just don't want anyone to feel like well maybe if i had done this instead i would oh, have had yeah, like a different yeah. experience you know I mean, you may have had a different experience but you it was the experience, experience that, that you needed. needed to have, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think that, I don't know, yeah, everyone can do what they want to do. Yeah, and I feel like you were a lot better support, you know, during Chosen's uh, pregnancy and after he was born, just kind of like logistically, you know, like yeah. cooking... Yeah. Cleaning, taking care of things more. You were yeah. like more, I don't know, on your game, I guess. Yeah. I feel like you were not as like, not helpless is not the right word, but like, you just like were... A little helpless. Yeah. You were, you were just more taking more responsibility and like being more confident and comfortable yeah. and like yeah. doing the things that needed to be done. Yeah. Well, because I, like. I had been through it. I had, you know... I, I'm an only child. I didn't grow up with like younger sisters or I didn't have, uh, grow up around babies or see anyways. I don't know. I guess I'm just making excuses, but, um, I just learned from the first time around, uh, that, that, yeah, I could be like before I'd be like, I can't hold Mazzy while I'm doing anything i'd be like i i need to go to the bathroom can you hold mazzy like i need to like you know cook I, can you hold mazzy but now it's like i can have like two babies at once and you know still do stuff still do stuff i guess i guess uh i just learned to figure figure it out like, fio yeah, fio yeah fio figure it out so yeah, that brings up another good point, I think, too, with like pregnancy and birth and postpartum. I think for partners, instead of always like, 
I don't know. There's a fine line. Like, I think it comes from a good place when partners are like, oh, do you want this? Do you want this? Can I get this for you? Do you want me to do this? But I also think culturally in our country, especially in, in many other countries, but like women are not comfortable a lot of times even taking advantage of help that's offered. Mm hmm. So women will be like, oh, no, it's fine. You go rest or, you know, not, you know, no, I'm okay. But I feel like if you as a partner feel like your partner needs something, your pregnant or birthing or postpartum partner needs something. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Make, make that dinner. Don't yeah. ask her if she wants you to make dinner. Just make dinner. Just make dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She'll... She'll uh, appreciate it as long as you don't like f fuck it up. Like if you feel like she needs a rest, then just like take the kids and go somewhere and let her get a rest. Yeah. Or if you feel like, you know, she's stressing about the, not keeping up with the housework, then like hire a cleaner to come for an hour or two. Or just you can. clean yourself. Or clean yourself. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like... Or asking for, you know, a big thing is, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, but, uh, like, even asking asking for help from, like, friends or family. Yeah. You know. Neighbors. Neighbors. You know, I think that, uh, yeah, a lot of people, like myself included, have a hard time just, like, asking for help. Mm -hmm. But I think people people want to help. Yeah. Um, so that could be another way to get um, support as well. Like maybe if, you know, you're uh, uh, the husband or the partner or whatever, and you're working a lot and getting home at like six, maybe you don't want to, you know, cook and clean and do all that stuff. Um, first of all, you could do it. Um, but if it does, it's not going to last forever. You have yeah, to do that. <laughs> it's not going to last forever. But also, if you want support, um, and if you feel like you need support, then yeah, asking for support from anyone. If you don't have family nearby, neighbors, you know, something yeah. out there. And I think that people are a lot more willing to help, uh, than what I think a lot of people realize. Yeah. And what about for, um, like, cause I feel like for first time parents, mm -hmm. the, mom or the dad don't really like know what they want maybe right. mm -hmm. you know or they like they don't really have a concept of like what is needed to really support that person support the person or support yourself yeah for sure yeah and I think for like first-time moms like really nourishing yourself about 10 times more than you feel like you usually do mm -hmm. during pregnancy and birth and postpartum like really taking time to like rest and mm. eat a, sh a ton of food and uh drink a ton of water and like give the baby to someone else or make that time when the baby's asleep to like take a bath you know like those are things that are very important that i think sometimes falls on deaf ears anyway because like yeah. no matter how many times we can say this <clears throat> if you don't have an idea about like what it actually means to be a freshly postpartum mom, like you're not going to, you're going to be like, Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. They say it. People say that, but like, I'm going to have my own experience, right. you know, or like they don't really like take it as seriously as right. you would if you were like, you know, a second or third or fourth time mom, you know, and you have the experience. Yeah. But just... what about like dads for partners? As far as what? Just, like, for first-time parents, like, they don't really have a concept of, like, what is is needed. And, like, they don't really know what it means to, like, quote-unquote, step their game up, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess everyone's different, but, uh, yeah, I guess just being more supportive. Like, you can take care of the baby mm -hmm. uh, while they're not needing to eat. So, I... I just didn't think, like with Mazzy, our first um, child, daughter, uh, I just was like, didn't think that I could do anything with, with her, basically, like, other than hold her for like 
five minutes or, you know, whatever. For the first, you know, six months of her life, she was basically with on or near her mom uh, 99.999% of the time, and I didn't really do anything. And part of that was because you wanted that, or you, and part of it was because... And part of the reason well, I wanted that... Well, maybe you were responding because, to me, maybe. Yeah, I was responding to you, but also I just didn't realize how important it was to, like, take a break from that. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, at least. And it's crazy because now that you did do realize that, mm-hmm. just to kind of throw this out there to everyone else, it's crazy how much, like, a 15-minute break to just, like, take a hot bath... You know, you go in there and you do whatever mm-hmm. can really even just 15 minutes can really recharge someone. So and just realize, I think, for partners and dads, like as out of control and like helpless as you might feel when you're taking care of your baby and they're like crying or you don't know what they want and you don't have boobs to like give them milk. Yeah. Like that's what the mom feels, too. But like times yeah. 20. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's a good point. Just that's a really go really good through point. it, you know, just like experience it and like figure it out because mm-hmm. that is how you form the connection with your kid mm-hmm. and that is how you support your partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. I feel like a big thing for me too was learning that your child responds so much to your energy. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I felt like I was helpless. The baby's like, yeah, I don't want to be held by you because you're not providing me the comfort that I need. But if you... It doesn't feel safe. Yeah, it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel... But when you change your attitude, even if the baby's like crying, you know, bloody murder in your arms, if you just kind of take a deep breath and be like, I, even though I don't have boobs that have milk... I can support and comfort this uh, child. In your own way. In your own way. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I I can do that. Like, I can I can rock a baby to sleep now. Um, you know, even when they're crying. Uh, but I feel like with Mazzy, you would have just right. oh, been frustrated I, and given up and oh, given yeah. it back to me. Frustrated and, like, feeling, like, so stressed and anxious and, stressed, and, anxious yeah. and just, you know... And Mazzy feels that, felt that, mm-hmm. and uh, so, yeah. Also, I want to just do one more quick point, and then I think we should wrap it up, maybe. Okay. Is that... Uh, wrap it up. I think as the partner, tell when... Me, tell me what I need to do. When talking about uh, the birth that your pregnant partner wants, mm-hmm. your wife or your girl or whatever... Mm-hmm. Um, I think the guy should be just really, like, open and supportive to what the woman... I mean, I'm saying guy and woman, but you know what I mean. I think the partner should be really open and supportive to whatever the birthing person needs and wants. Like, I feel like I hear so many instances of the partners, the the husbands usually, being the one, or the boyfriend or whatever, being the one to be like, no, you're not going to have a home birth, I'm not comfortable with that when that's really what the woman feels is best for her and it probably is the best thing for her i mean it for sure is if that's what she wants you know Mm. and not just hospital birth versus home birth there's so many other instances where that uh, philosophy is true yeah and i think just kind of like letting go of control and trusting that the woman is mm-hmm. knowing herself and speaking from a place within herself that is mm-hmm. ancient and wise is important mm-hmm. in a partnership when it comes to this especially like i think women should have autonomy and just do whatever the heck they want whenever mm-hmm. they want and men should just be comfortable supporting that and not feel threatened or out of control or whatever but especially when it comes Mm -hmm. to giving birth because this is like our world you Mm -hmm. know this like this is what we're here to do yeah right and the men or the partners are here to support us in doing that however we think is best whether that's in the hospital or at home i've even heard of men convincing their wives 
to have a home birth when the wife wanted a hospital birth, mm. which is equally as not good, you know? Yeah. So I feel like keeping that in Imagine mind as well. Imagine how scary that would be too, yeah, for a woman that doesn't want to do a home birth. Anyways, yeah. 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 Goes both ways. Yeah. So, yeah, that is our... I guess let me just piggyback on that. Yeah. Um, just to kind of piggyback on that point is, yeah, just as a partner, uh, and I didn't, I had to learn this too. I didn't, I wasn't just, oh yeah, from the beginning, I'm going to just trust and uh, everything that Ashley uh, wanted. But yeah, just know that their thoughts and feelings are coming from their, you know, it's basically like, trust your gut and whatever she's feeling about you know uh her birth experience or whatever that she wants it's coming from a place of uh inner knowledge it's coming from her gut so you have to trust her gut and know that she's not just like making stuff up um that she she's listening to her body um and her soul and uh, that's kind of guiding her and just just trust that cool thanks i appreciate you we just kissed <laughs> so uh <laughs> so yeah that is our first podcast oh well, he's sleeping so yeah I um, so yeah, those are our birth experiences and postpartums and the lessons that we feel like we learned from them. Um, if you have any questions, thoughts, reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to continue this conversation Yeah. and maybe do another podcast, uh, piggybacking on these thoughts. Or... Yeah, we definitely will do more podcasts. And if you want to reach, uh, me... My email address is love at ashleycarver.com. You can find me on Instagram, though I'm not on there very often. My Instagram is ashleycarverbirth. And do you want to say where you, people can find you? Um, not yet. No? Okay. <laughs> if you want to talk to Taylor, you can email me. Um, and I will forward it to him. But yeah... Uh, thanks for listening. If you made it all the way through this long, detailed, convoluted podcast, we appreciate you and we love you. Namaste. <laughs> we um, hope you maybe gain some insight from our sharing our story. Uh, and we are not here to make anyone feel awkward or different for choosing other things. We just like we're to here to get rich. No. <coughs> We just like sharing our stories and sharing our truths that we have come to from doing the work that we've done, which is not the same truth as anyone else. Mm -hmm. very, so, very yeah. Thanks for listening, and we will see you in our next podcast. Mamba out.